أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم شهد الله إلى الله ودوه الله شريك الله وأشهد أن سيدنا محمد عبده ورسوله إن الله وملائكته يصلى على النبي يا أهل الدين آمن وصلى الله وسلم وتسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد على فاتح المؤغلق وقاتل ما سبق ناس الحق بحق والحادي إلى صورتك المستقيم وعلى آله حقا قدر الإقدار العظيم أما بعد يا رب الحمد لصلى الله عليه وسلم أمري والله أسلم من الصلاة يفقه قولي ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله ولا لي على لي أما بعد Alhamdulillah Alameen I greet you again with the greetings of peace Assalamu alaikum Arrahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu Alhamdulillah So today I'm really really excited We have an, uh, we have an amazing guest And you know first of all I'll say Sorry you haven't heard from me for a long time But alhamdulillah this is, this is worth the wait Alhamdulillah So today uh, We're going to have uh, an interview With Sayyidina Sakina Noor. Alhamdulillah, Sayyidah Sakina, she's a, a, a wife, a poet, a makadama, an ustada, and someone who is striving to know Allah. And this is all through, you hear this all through her, her works, her poetry, but also for all of the actions that she's doing now. So Alhamdulillah, we're very happy to have her today. We're going to have a very interesting discussion. Uh, As-salamu alaykum, Sakina. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh muqaddam rakim. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, no, Alhamdulillah. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm so excited that, you know, you can fit us in and you're a very busy, busy schedule. I know you're so busy, Alhamdulillah. But Allah's the best of planners. Allah made a beautiful space for us. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so we're going to get straight in. So, um, tell us, so when did you know that you had a love for poetry? So, for myself, and I guess probably similarly for you, my poetry has gone through many different stages. I guess as I've grown, my poetry has grown, as I've developed, my poetry has developed. Um, so I guess when you're young, when I first started writing poetry at the age of like, I don't know, like 16, 15, 16, it was a lot to do with identity. You know what I mean? I think a lot of poets go through this where they're trying to kind of like, position themselves in the world like where am I who am I <clears throat> what's my story who are my people you know what I mean so I think that was kind of where it began wanting and I guess in a way you're posing questions you know what I mean you're kind of criticizing the world around you things don't make sense you're trying to make sense out of your reality <clears throat> so that kind of began my journey that's when I kind of started um and I guess like, and it went through many different stages, as you know, then, you know, I joined Poetic Pilgrimage and, you know, we used poetry, but I guess hip hop became the dominant art form. Mm. Um, but I think the poetry that I do now and how that began was really a combination of a few things. I think, first of all, it was the first time in my life that Poetic Pilgrimage was on pause. Mm. So we'd been using our poetry for a long time to speak outwardly to injustices taking place in the world. What's happening here? What's going on there? It was quite a point the finger at this government and you know what I'm saying it was very outwards when Poetic Pilgrimage was on pause it was almost as though my heart had the chance to speak about what my heart wanted to speak about if that makes sense it wasn't about what's going on here there and everywhere but what was going on in here so I think that was something that was happening but that was 
catapulted by my joining of and my connection to the spiritual path that we follow, the Tariqa Tijaniya, wherein you're starting to do acts of devotion, you're starting to do a lot of dhikr, and these things are designed to awaken the heart in the first place. Mm. Do you know what I mean? When you're when you make dhikr, you're cleansing the heart and not even just cleansing it, first and foremost, you're paying attention to the heart and the role of the heart in your body. You know, I mean, not, not just your body, but the role of the heart in your being. You know mm. what I'm saying? And we know the hadith where the Prophet says, there's a piece of flesh in your body if it's sound. Your whole body is sound. If it's corrupt, mm. your whole body is corrupt, which is, which is the heart. So once you start making dhikr, you're, you're, you're polishing your heart you're making salawat and nabi you're shedding light on the heart of course the heart is going to start waking up and it's going to start speaking to you you know what i mean um and that coupled with becoming the manager of the newly opened Rumi's cave you know what i mean so i, I think it's the combination of the dhikr the tariqa not being you know poetic pilgrimage being on pause for a while working in an institution named after really what people regard you know Maulana Rumi may Allah be pleased with him as the Qutb of love you know what I'm saying so I'm working in an organisation named after the poetic Qutb of love so I think all those things shifted um, my poetry and my poetic journey and it became less about just the art form and it Mm. felt in many cases I would perform and it felt like worship Mm. I come off stage and I felt like I'd done a, a couple of hours of dhikr. You know what I mean? Mm, 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 um, so, yeah, I think that was like the shift for me. Mm. But, you know, uh, just going back a little bit, mm. but even like what is exciting to think about is that um, your, your, your poetry, uh, uh, what you've been doing has always been about enlightening. Even if we go back and you're talking about, you're starting to talk about party pilgrimage, what you're doing, what you're talking about. It's always been enlightening. It's never been uh, just talking about darkness. No, no, no. Yeah, like, you know, um, I, I have this saying which says like, um, uh, um, well, well, the light bearers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and like, um, uh, mm-hmm. and these are the people that speak consciousness yes. throughout time. I mean, in every musical thing, if you go into reggae, you, you, you know, you, you'll have Bob Marley in, in jazz, there's musicians there. In every single genre, there's these people that are there, but their job is just to just like, bring the light, mm-hmm. you know? And so this is something exciting. Uh, yeah. The journey of Party Pulling, it's always been there, it's been about light. And then you just carried on and developed it, mm. and it's got um, very personal. Now, there's something that I hear you talk a lot about, because even I've joined some of your classes as well, it'd be quite interesting to get into, is the idea around like um, vulnerability. Mm. I know you talk a lot about this, so let's mm-hmm. break it down to the people. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I, feel, I feel like we live in a world that doesn't honor <clears throat> vulnerability, because vulnerability outwardly can look like weakness you know what i mean when you when you think of the expression of vulnerability in many cases it looks like weakness and when you come from in this world that we live in particularly for those of us who live in big cities you know you have to have an exterior Mm. that makes you look like no one can kind of really mess with you like you don't want to have an exterior that makes you look weak basically so we don't value vulnerability but actually I think there's a lot of strength in vulnerability Um, and I encourage it in poetry the reason why I encourage it in poetry is because if as a poet you're brave enough to stand up and say I have a particular fear or I have a particular struggle or I have a particular you know insecurity for example 
A, that requires courage. But what that does when you've been brave enough to share your flaw is that it allows other people to understand that they're not alone mm. in their flaws. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone's going through it. Yeah. Everyone's going through something. You're not, yeah. no one's ever alone in, in, they might think they're alone or you've mm. not met people who can identify with it. But I think the reason why vulnerability is important is because when it's a certain kind of bravery it takes to stand up and be like, I feel broken mm. or I don't feel like I'm good enough or I've struggled with mental health or whatever, whatever it is. And so I encourage it because I feel like the role of the poet <clears throat> is to be the voice of the people. Mm. Back in the days, you, you know, the poet would be the voice of the tribe. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? We may not have tribe setups in the same way, but it is like for the people who resonate with you, you're the voice of that tribe. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? If my people who resonate with me are a group of women from California, that's my tribe. You know what I'm saying? So if my words can, if my words open something for them, then I'm the voice of that tribe. And so it's important. I notice even whenever I share online something, whatever I share, for example, I have this problem. I think I'm getting a little bit better, but I struggle with forgiveness. Like if people have hurt me, mm, I really mm, struggle with letting go mm, of the pain. Yeah. Um, I think I'm getting better. I'm mm. working on it. Mm. <laughs> but, I, I have the same problem. Actually. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting better at it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah. process, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but I remember once I shared that, I shared that online. Like mm. this is my struggle. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And the mm. amount of people that were like. Me too. I yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm the same. It was a big thing for me to share that. To share that I'm you know, this is something that when you're striving on the spiritual path or the religious path, our teachers tell us like you want Allah to forgive you, you have to forgive people. Shape the Bikha says that all the time. You know, and so you're like, Okay, I'm trying, I'm trying, but it's really it's really hard. So I'm saying that to say that when you share that vulnerability, you allow other people to feel witnessed and recognized and they there's healing that comes from that you yes. know what i mean there's healing mm. from that comes from like oh i'm not the only one i thought i was a bad person mm. you know what i mean so yeah vulnerability is important mm, great great <laughs> thank you um one of the standout moments um that i remember and I, I was lucky to actually be there and be able to witness it myself was um at the radical middleway molid and what was beautiful about this molid is that all of the sheikhs, well, there's many, many sheikhs of different uh, tariqas, they were there, alhamdulillah. And, and, then, uh, and then like you, you performed uh, the, uh, the song about the Prophet sallallahu And uh, in, interesting enough, this song that you did, this poem that you did, it's touched so many hearts. And I've seen, I've witnessed myself uh, so many people just in tears mm. after after listening to this poem, mm. and uh, at that actual performance, the um, Habib Ali Jufri, who is um, uh, one of the you know the the, the, the family of the Prophet وسلم, and himself, he was in tears as well. Okay, and so just you know, just tell us more about this poet, this actual poet that you've written, and um, what's the inspiration behind mm. it. You know, and what is it that you think that it, it really touches people the way it does? Yeah, mashallah, subhanallah. So that, um, so just the context of it. So we just become Muslim, I think maybe six months or so. Mm. And, it, and it definitely wasn't a year. I wasn't Muslim for a year. Um, and it was around the time of the cartoons of the Danish, the Danish cartoonist, mm. right? Who was doing uh, caricatures about the Prophet. But what I will say before I even go into that is that 
he wasn't doing caricatures of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because that because that that image that he drew was not our beloved. Yes. Like I heard my Sheikh Sheikh Mahi was saying, Sheikh the Prophet was beautiful. His pictures were not beautiful. Mm. Do you understand? So we know that what he was doing pictures of was was the state of his own mind. Mm. He was drawing the state. What he was depicting was the state of his own heart. Mm. He wasn't drawing the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But anyway, he was attributing these images to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So mm. the event was called Cartoons of Hate, Prophet of Love. Mm-hmm. And we were Commissioned, uh, we were invited to write a poem um, by the late Fuad Nahdi and you know well, others, mashallah, love that same, mashallah. Um, and so, how the poem came about is me and my, my then group member, Manira, we were just sitting down, like, what are we going to write about? Like, mm. what's going to be the, the theme? <clears throat> and then um, I was at her house, and it was time for salah. I went, I prayed, and when I was in Sajda, the idea came to me that I should write a poem about an Abyssinian woman who travels across the desert to get to Medina al-Manawara to meet Rasulullah but when she gets there he's already returned to Allah so mm. that was the, the concept of the poem um, and it came in one go like it's, there's some poems that I write and I have to keep editing it to make it good Yeah. but that one it just came out in one piece I didn't really have to do much to it um, and so what happened is I'm on stage I'm reading a poem I think it's like our first proper performance in Muslim a Muslim performance you were our manager yeah, at the yeah. time but that was a massive it was, a, yeah, it was it massive was, it was massive it was big like the first performance like before then we did a few we were at Is- mm. um, Living Islam that yes, camp. yes yeah, so yeah, they yeah, just yeah, we yeah, weren't yeah. there to perform then they invited us to come on stage when yes. they found out but this was a proper like mm. you're performing to the Muslim community and like you said it was there was an illustrious mm. yes. <laughs> you know people Sheikh Babika Habib yeah. Ali like mm. people that show you off from Yemen people that we didn't know I didn't mm. even know I didn't even know who these people were for me to even Allah do you see what I mean and so we're performing the poem as I'm reciting the poem, there's a part where I talk about the Prophet spending time with a young boy who whose sparrow had passed away. So it's a story, it's a narration. Mm. The sparrow passed away and the Prophet took time to sit with him and console him basically and make him feel good. And as I was reading the poem, I felt this wave of emotion come through my body. Like it was, I'd never experienced that before. I'd never experienced being on stage and I'm burnt and I'm crying. It was like, it, it kind of came like, through my body and I couldn't I couldn't control it and so I I started crying first and I was like in tears um I was I was almost like um I was impacted by the prophet so I said myself so even though it's my poem I was experiencing it as though it wasn't my poem mm. that makes sense it's like I was listening to it myself mm. and it just it took it took me over it took it really took so, me over um, and then I started crying and then then I did hear from afterwards like yourself and the other brothers that were there they were like all the shayukh were crying yeah. like everyone you know and then my cousin was with upstairs in the women's section she's not Muslim she said all of the women had covered their faces with their hijabs and they were crying as well so again brand new Muslim I don't even know this is a thing that you cry out of love for the Prophet I didn't know this concept you know what I mean like now we know you go to Maulis, you go to gatherings, you yeah, see people yeah, yeah, crying yeah, yeah. and they yeah. weep for love of the, yeah, of the messenger of Allah. Um, and so, so yeah, subhanAllah, that was, that was the beginning. And, you know, I guess there was, I can't say why it had that impact other than I think I would like to believe my intentions were very sincere mm. in writing the poem. 
Um, I really feel I was inspired spiritually to write the poem. Um, I didn't even know this concept existed of the Qasida, right? Because mm. even, what I, I know we're going to talk about Qasidas in general, but when you look at the concept or the structure of a traditional Qasida, mm. it really is this journey. Like it starts off with this kind of moment where you're lamenting your mm. lover, like the one you love. You Maybe you're at the campsite, you know, traditional Arabic poetry, you're at the campsite, you can't find your beloved. Maybe you've gone there, the beloved is left, right? Mm. Then the next is the rihla, it's the journey, that you're journeying to find your beloved. Mm. And then the final stage is this kind of union where you reunite with your beloved, right? So in a way, even though I didn't even know this concept, I was writing a bit like a, a, yeah. a British English, English Qasida in a way, you know, yeah. following this structure. So, so alhamdulillah. Yeah, I don't really know what to say other than alhamdulillah. It was a blessing from Allah. Mm, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. It was very, yeah, it's very emotional. Even thinking about it now is very emotional, you know. Subhanallah. And so, uh, your, your poetry now, so we talked about, you know, alhamdulillah, poetic pilgrimage, and, uh, you, you know, you've gone through, mm-hmm. and uh, your poetry right now is is mostly about praising the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So let's actually, you know, let, let's go there. So, what's happening there? And um, uh, yes, tell us more about this. Yeah, so you know, alhamdulillah, tabarakallah. I think you know, one thing we come to understand um, is that poetry is a part of our inheritance as Muslims and also mm. as people of tariqa, people of the spiritual path. We understand that this is something that is, in some ways, like I was saying earlier, it's a consequence of your devotion. You know what I mean? In a sense, what I mean is that. Like someone like Sheikh Ibrahim Yasmi, I'll be pleased with him. His poetry wasn't just literature. Mm. Like he, even though liter, if you are someone who understands the literature of Arabic poetry and all the kind of all the things that a person would know, they would know that it's high literature. Like I remember, I have a friend from Egypt, and I had him try and translate some of the poetry for me, and he couldn't. He was like, this is the kind of poetry that should be studied in Al-Azhar. You know what I mean? So mm. it's, high, it's high literature. Um, but his intention wasn't, oh, let me get a book out so that I can be on Oprah Winfrey's book list. You know mm. what I mean? It wasn't that, right? His intention, it was overflow. He's writing from a hal. Mm. He's writing from a state. He's writing from a certain level of nearness to the messenger of Allah, sallallahu or, or a state of nearness to Allah. And the poetry was the way, it's like a cup. The poetry is a way to catch the hal. Mm. Do you see? And so then anytime the reciters recite the poetry back, we all get to retaste the hal again mm. and again and again. Mm. So, you know, that is the tradition that we are connected to, that as a tradition we are upon. So by no stretch of the imagination, am I trying to compare myself to Sheikh Ibrahim or any of these, these giants. But what I will say is that my poetry definitely took on a different flavour when I joined the tariqa and when I started to apply myself to the dhikr and I started to apply myself to like Allah basically it's not even just what I was doing because a lot of people can do the dhikr but it doesn't necessarily inspire them to write poetry do you know what I mean but I think as you mentioned before that kind of pursuit for nearness to Allah and that pursuit for nearness to the Prophet it inspired inspired me like I was inspired by this kind of state and sometimes I would write poetry and I wasn't intending for the poetry to be recited to anyone or I wasn't trying to I wasn't thinking anyone would be interested in this kind of poetry it was more like I needed to get it out 
I needed to get out what I was going through. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so, so yeah, like a lot of the poetry that I write is, is really is just connected to how I'm feeling. It's connected to what I'm experiencing. It's connected to what I'm seeing. Um, and a lot of that is spiritual because I guess we look, I look at life and I live my life in a very spiritual way for a very spiritual gaze. You know what I mean? I kind of have a spirit. When I see even war or atrocities mm. or political things mm. happening in the world i don't just see it for what it is like mm. oh there's a war in ukraine mm. but it's like a bigger for me is what is allah revealing to us what is allah mm. communicating to us what is our responsibility how do i act when this particular thing is happening in the world you know what i mean and i think that that's my way of like living so it will show up in my poetry mm. you know what i mean um shape the bigger ones he did what did he use this term um I can't remember the term in Arabic but it's the term of those who write madih like praise poetry mm. like madihin or something like that but it means like the people who write praise poetry and I was so honoured that he yeah. included me in that category yeah, of people yeah, yeah. he was mm. talking about mm. someone and he said you know like you he's a you know whatever the word was and I was just like subhanallah that mm, mm, you know because it's the, the honour isn't the honour isn't I don't honour the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam by writing about him. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Allah, it honoured me by by me even knowing his name. First mm. of all, alayhi salatu wasalam. Secondly, by me feeling inspired to like put words together to try and capture an aspect of him or an aspect of how I feel about him. Like the mm. honour's all mine. You yes, know what yes, I mean? Yes, 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 yes. Subhanallah. Um, you said a lot of interesting things and it just reflecting on uh, like what you were saying about Sheikh Ibrahim uh, is that because um, even for myself when I, when I uh, um, realised that our, 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 our grand Sheikh our, our, our master uh, was an amazing poet it, it made it, it put a different type of authenticity yeah. on writing Poetry mm-hmm. that uh, praises Allah, mm-hmm. praises the Prophet mm-hmm. talks about um, you know spirituality. It put a, a totally different ideology on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and this is just you know from learning more about Sheikh Ibrahim radiallahu mm-hmm. mm. Well, even in response to that, because uh, Sheikh Babikir he often says, if you have a Sheikh and he's not a poet, yeah, 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 yeah. yes, yeah, maybe he's not a Sheikh. Yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah, because yeah, because yeah, what yeah. he's saying is that it's a natural consequence mm. of your connection to Allah mm. that poetry will spring forth. Mm. That's what he's saying. He's, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, not... Yeah. Because yeah. even, mashallah, mm. a grand sheikh, mm. Sheikh Ibrahim Nias, mm. obviously we understand he's written many diwans. Yes, but yes. You, Imam Sheikh Tijani, your yeah, Sheikh, yes, he's a yes, poet. He's a poet. My yes. Sheikh, Sheikh Mahi, he's a poet. So, yes. that you know, Sheikh Babika writes poetry, so yes. they may not be you know, publishing their books yeah, yeah, and what yeah, have you, yeah, but yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. It, it comes from a particular state of, mm, of nearness, mm, you know what I mean? So mm, you understand that and, and obviously my passion is poetry and also doing poetry workshops and mm, you see this isn't just amongst the Muslim mystics. Mm, you also see I read a lot of the poetry from like the Catholic nuns. Mm, um and there if you didn't know the name was Saint Teresa yeah, yeah, and you yeah, didn't yeah. see anything, uh, you wouldn't know if this Rabia yeah, yeah, or yeah, if yeah. this is because uh, it's a certain language of intimacy. Mm. you know they're speaking from experience it's mm. not like it's not religious poetry in yeah. a sense like Islam says this and mm. it's not like descriptive 
it's like yeah. experiential yes. you know what I mean and yes. I think that is something and again and that isn't just for those who are super high high mm-hmm. high but yeah, the yeah, average yeah. little one like my me yeah, just yeah, coming yeah, to my yeah, little dick yeah, here yeah. Yeah, you know you, yeah. just, you can't contain it yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah and also you know we have an understanding like before maybe uh, you know like sometimes when people say to you you do an interview and say yeah wait wait where did you get your inspiration from mm-hmm. oh yeah I get my inspiration from you know you know maybe I, I, um, you know this book I was listening to or yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I'm watching this film or, you know or this role model is my inspiration uh, but then much later on mm-hmm. you say no 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 this is Allah yeah 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 this, this is all Allah mm-hmm. you know when you're the way Allah is just inspiring you yeah. and you realise this is this is just Allah yeah nothing to do with me it's yeah. Allah and then you know, the poetry becomes something else. Yeah. And this is uh, this is slavehood. Mm. You know, slavehood is to move out of the way, right? Mm. Slavehood is to move out of the way so Allah can do whatever he needs to do. We use this example of like the burning bush mm. in relation to Musa. The burning bush was a slave. Mm. The burning bush didn't have his own ego. The burning bush didn't have his own intention. So Allah can speak directly mm. to his prophet on the tongue of the bush mm. and say, I am your Lord. You know mm. what I'm trying to say? Yes, the, bush yes. says, the bush is saying, I am your Lord. Of course, Allah's the one speaking. But my point is that the bush is is ego free mm. so Allah can be whatever Allah can do whatever Allah needs to do and so it's the same with the, with the human being it's the same with those who are striving in the way of Allah we're trying to silence the ego silence the self so that the truth can come through and again not to say like or trying to make any claims and the poet is you know speaking but like Allah speaking through you no not, not necessarily but I'm just saying that Allah's always inspiring the heart of his slaves. Yeah. Allah's always advising us and teaching us the best way to be. Mm. But oftentimes the reason why we don't do the right thing is because our ego is in competition with Allah and shaitan is in competition with Allah through us. Mm. So when we try and silence shaitan and silence the ego, then we are inspired to say the right things and we're inspired to do the right thing so you know again I'm not trying to say that God is speaking mm. through me or anything like that necessarily mm. I'm just mm. saying that like but the inspiration is Allah inspiration is Allah and to him is the praise it's, you know this what I'm is the praise the inspiration is yeah. Allah when you're there and all of a sudden you're in a hal yeah. and, and then you're just you're writing this Allah exactly. is, 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 the, is this, this where, that's where it comes from it's pouring from, from one heavenly yeah. place you know alhamdulillah um, alhamdulillah. So, yeah, you mentioned about like, because um, I know one thing that you do as well is that you have uh, like poetry lessons or, and like, um, you know, which, which, which is quite deep and you get uh, the people that go will benefit a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, to, to tell us more about, about that, mm-hmm. you know, this side of you. Yeah. It's a really important part of the work that I do mm. um, because I recognize that. I recognise what a tool it's been for me and what a gift it's been for me to be able to access the voice of my heart to communicate my truth. And so I kind of want that for everyone, basically. I want everyone to access that same aspect of themselves. Um, And so a lot of my workshops really centre around the concept of speaking from the heart and accessing the voice of the heart, right? Like, how do you tune in to the voice of your heart to write poetry that's kind of like a big part of what I do so um, many people who will join my workshops whether they've experienced this or not will go through this process of like okay 
I begin by getting them to ask their heart a question. Yeah, like, ask your heart a question. Ask your heart how it feels. Dear heart, how are you? So it just starts very simple. Dear heart, how are you? And I get them to write from the perspective of the heart. So not my heart feels like this, but I am happy mm. or I am in pain or mm. I am angry with you because you've never asked me how I am or <laughs> I'm upset with you because you listen to the mind before you listen to me right mm. like I really have them have dialogue with the heart space you know what I'm saying and I think that really and for many people it can be a very a very emotional experience at the beginning mm. because they've never actually intentionally connected to the heart before mm. like sometimes you might like I just have to speak from my heart you know I have to yeah. just speak from my heart and tell mm. him the truth mm-hmm. so we do it we, we kind of know deep down that we have this capacity to speak from the heart but a lot of the times we don't access it we don't utilize it so even though my workshops are poetic and we have we use poetic tools I see this more to be like a life skill, actually. Mm. That if you can access the voice of your heart when you're writing poetry, then you can access the voice of your heart in your marriage. Then you can access the voice of your heart when you're standing up for justice. You know what I'm trying to say? And so, yeah. um, so poetry is a method, but the outcome is really like open the heart. And we understand in the Islamic tradition, the role of the heart. The, the heart is a very central uh feature you know what i mean and again not necessarily talking about the lump of flesh like necessarily the organ of the heart although that is also important too but it's also the kind of spiritual center that the heart is you know what i mean um so for example even in the book purification of the heart mm. um sheikh hamza yusuf at the beginning he has uh like a you know like an introduction and he's speaking about the fact that in the womb when the fetus in the womb the heart starts beating before the brain is formed Mm. because most of our impulses are like a signal from the brain to the hand right the brain tells the hand to move the brain tells the eyes to blink but with the heart it already starts beating before the brain is even formed yet showing you that the heart's got its own kind of resource like it's got its own centre it's got its own Mm. energy it's got its own consciousness basically Mm. Um, we know within the Islamic tradition, like we're taught in Hadith Qudsi, that Allah says the heavens and the earth can't contain me, but I can be contained in the heart of a believer. I've heard other Hadiths which talk about the throne of Allah being in the heart of a believer. So however a person wants to interpret that, we understand that the heart is not to be played with. Like it's a serious thing. And so when you can tap into that, I, I teach my students that you have access to an endless well of knowledge, you know what I mean. So one one time I was performing in this uh, a friend of mine. She's like a Jewish Hebrew uh, devotional singer, Hebrew priestess devotional singer. She was like, she was responding to me and she was saying, you know, you write poetry like it comes from an endless well, like it just doesn't stop. And I and I was like grateful for her comment and I was thinking this is what happens when you connect to the heart Mm. because the heart is not for me the heart is a portal really Mm -hmm. when you're able to connect to the heart you will connect to this sort of like vast resource which is just Mm. Allah basically so yeah that's kind of so I call it poetry workshops but I think it's it's Mm. definitely a spiritual workshop yeah yeah Yeah, definitely just listening to you explain it it's definitely it, it sounds like um more of a heart opening workshop Ooh. yeah definitely it's, it's, it's almost uh, uh, like a spiritual training mm-hmm. you know uh, because it's like okay first of all um, 
uh, I, I'm going to point you to your heart mm-hmm. that uh, maybe you didn't even know that it existed. Yeah. Like because you know you, you knew about the physical heart, mm-hmm. but you know I'm going to point you to the spiritual heart, mm-hmm. and then from there, so you're teaching them, you know, so okay, yes, you know, the, 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 the spiritual heart is real, and it, and you can talk to it, and it yeah. will talk to you, and. Yeah. So actually, you're taking them through a whole spiritual journey. It's like yeah. a spiritual tarbiya, which is amazing. Yeah. And like, um, so what are some of the um, uh, like the the effects of, of the poetry? Really powerful, very transformative. Um, like I said, very emotional. Some people that have done my course, they still continue with the dear heart uh, practice that they oh. journal with it. They keep that practice going. Um, but oftentimes I also say to them as well, you know, like, it's not just like if you, a person does my workshops, I will also say to them, as I was saying to you earlier, that like a lot of the poetry of the mystics were going to study, they weren't just writing from like, oh, I'm going to write a poem. They were writing from a, from, from taste. Mm. They were having a yes. taste of a spiritual yes. state. So yeah. I encourage them, whatever your practice is, if you're a mm. meditator, then yeah, yeah. Do, meditate. If you're Muslim, do yeah. your practices. If you're Sufi, whatever, your, whatever you do, mm up it whilst mm. whilst you're on my course because mm. I want you to be writing from a state you mm. know what I mean I want you to be writing from a tasting because that's what these people were writing from it was Sheikh Ibrahim wasn't just bored one day and thought let me just he was in a hell <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean yeah. you read his poetry he's mm. talking I'm, I'm I'm up at night everyone's mm. sleeping mm. one time he, there's a poem he's in Paris yeah. everyone's sleep. all he can see is the lights of the discos in Paris but the lights yeah. are still reminding him of Rasulullah just the lights of the mm. city you know yeah. we live in a city yeah, 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 for yeah. him the lights they still talk, they still point to his beloved mm. he's on a plane mm. he he's can't stop thinking about the prophet mm. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he's another mm. one where he's in Ghana everyone's sleeping Mm. I'm in Ghana, everyone's sleeping, yeah. but my heart is alive mm. for the Allah prophet. Allah Allah Allah. You know, so we understand mm. that this is this is I don't I, I don't want to use the word painful, but I will I will mm. say in a sense that that longing and that yearning yeah, 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 it's not painful, but sometimes yeah. it's not comfortable when you love someone mm. so much and yeah, you want to yeah, be yeah. with them. Yeah. And so from that kind of longing and yearning, this is what he's writing from. Mm. He's writing from that desire for his beloved, you know. He's even got poems where he's also in Medina mm. and he's actually there and he's like, but it's his last day. And so he's like, What is this? longing it like I'm I'm with you but I'm longing for you at the same time because mm. he knows he's gonna leave and he's he doesn't know when will I come back again to see yeah. my beloved right and so what my point is is that they're talking from a particular state and so again I'm not trying to say that I can make my students like that but just to kind of you know I'm very keen on sort of like you know how can I put it like someone like the, the poet the mystics of will you shake ibrahim as an example he might be like a hundred mm. in his level of nearness to allah mm. and you might i might be just three mm. in my level of nearness. but my three it's it's i'm three steps towards something mm. so write from my little three steps like mm. don't feel like yeah, oh yeah, i yeah, can't yeah, write yeah. until i'm 100 yes, too because yes, maybe yes, i'll never yes, get to 100 yes, yes, maybe yes, my yes. portion is just mm. to get up to 30 my mm. you know and so this is what i like to encourage you may like Whatever you've experienced, everyone's had some kind of spiritual experience. Mm. Whether it's been when you've been to Mecca, maybe you were someone passed away, you're reading Quran, and you just have a moment of like connection to Allah. Mm. For some people, it might be in nature, yeah, in the water or in the ocean, you know, whatever it is, and try and tap into those moments that you've had and use that to inspire your writing. 
you know what I mean? Because the Allah that Rumi was connected to, or the Allah that Hafiz was connected to, is the same Allah. The same Allah. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. Allah lived in the 8th century or the 13th century. Mm. Allah, is this the same Allah? Yeah, So, you know, don't we shouldn't allow ourselves to be... Um, to feel insecure like oh, I'm not like Rumi so I can't no mm. no no mm. you know and that's one of the reasons why I love people like Hafid for mm. example because Rumi was a scholar he was a yeah. scholar of big jurisprudence mm. his father was a scholar so I can see why someone would be intimidated by someone like Rumi mm. but someone like Hafid he's the son of a baker and a blacksmith mm. like he's mm. a bit more ordinary yeah. like I believe he was also a Hafid Quran but, and mm. he had a sheikh and mm. stuff but he wasn't this kind of big big scholar necessarily mm. he was a bit more human mm. you know what i mean and so i like his style of poetry because i find him to be a lot more playful and a bit more mm. kind of like cheeky mm. like you can see that the kind of scholars of his time would have been upset with him because mm. he's probably talking mm. about allah in a way that they don't that they don't like yeah like yeah. you're making allah too intimate mm. like allah is that yeah, yeah. yeah. you know like yeah. he's the the a uh, lord of the heavens and yeah. earth he's not your best friend yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. whereas like Hafiz is like, but he's close. Mm. You know, he told me mm. he's near. He told me that he's closer to me than my jugular vein. So of course, like he's my friend. Yeah. His name is Al Wali. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, but saying that to say that, like, wh- whoever you are or wherever you are on this journey, if you feel if your heart feels inspired to say a word or two about your love for Allah, say it. Mm. Don't think I can't speak because I'm not on that level. You know, and like Absolutely. that's what I like to encourage in them. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So um like uh okay so alhamdulillah your your tijani alhamdulillah you know from the tijani tarika alhamdulillah and 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 I know yeah this tarika you know is is very powerful alhamdulillah but so tell us so how has this you know tarika you know like um uh, affected your poetry. Yeah, alhamdulillah, tabarakallah. I'm very honoured and happy to be connected to a tariqa in this day and age, um, which is, for me, a very... It's a living tariqa, right? Yes. I feel it to be very, uh, very prominent in the sense that... I mean, our grand sheikh, Sheikh Ibrahim Nasi, yes. died in 1975, you know, so we're dealing with a contemporary... Yes. A contemporary sheikh, our our grand grand sheikh Sheikh Ahmed Tajani, may Allah be pleased with them both. Like he was from the 18th century, you know what mm. I'm saying. So the tradition for me is very poignant. I yes. find that I find that if you, I, I see it in my own experience when people join and they apply themselves to the tariqa, you can you can really move and make progress in your journey to Allah Taala. You know, mm. it's all to do with intentions, right? Yes, like yes, yes. you know, and 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 following the way. Um, as I mentioned right at the beginning when you were talking about poetry and, and I was saying when my poetry shifted when I was mm. working at Rumi's Cave, it was at a time when I had done, uh, I was beginning a process that we have in our tariqa known as tarbiya. Right. Um, and I guess for those, you know, obviously you know, Rakim, but... Yes, for those tar- who are listening. For those, for those listening yes. who don't know, tarbiya is really a process of a murid, a, a disciple, an, an aspirant who wants a deeper connection to Allah wa ta'ala to kind of progress on that right to kind of yeah. journey towards knowing Allah and now Sheikh Ibrahim for Sheikh Ibrahim yes for him this is an essential part of why the human being even exists in the first place in the sense that we were we were created to know God um, based on the hadith of hadith Qudsi where Allah says I was a hidden treasure mm-hmm. and I yearn to be known some say I love to be known so I created mankind so that they may know me so we can take from this that out that Allah brought us from non-existence 
to know him. Mm. You understand? And so this yeah. process of tarbiyah is to really take us to that position of knowing Allah Ta'ala. You know what I mean? And that is done by way of a, a vast amount of dhikr <laughs> and, a, and a vast amount of salawat and nabi. And if, a, if an aspirant is, is steadfast and follows the path, they will attain a knowing, right? Mm. There's, there's knowing and there's knowing. So I'm not saying that like yes. everyone becomes these grand, mm. you know, awliya or something like that, but we, we, we acquire a knowing, you know. Yes. We also understand that the journey doesn't end Yes. When the tarbiyah ends, yes. Our life is tarbiyah. Mm-hmm. Life mm-hmm. is that journey. But I'm setting that scene to say that when I began that process, the day that I began that process, the poems that came were different. SubhanAllah. The day mm-hmm. I remember because I was working at Ruby's Cave mm-hmm. and I was late for work because this poem. Allah. This poem came and it was called Crazy in Love and Allah. it was talking about like I get it now. Yeah, I get yeah, why yeah. they say the Sufis are crazy. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah, why yeah. they say the lovers are crazy because yeah. I'm starting to feel it for myself. Yeah. That kind but, of No, but just tell us about his experience. <laughs> so what do you mean like, you know, you're, you're late for work. Yeah, I was late for work. And, and you know, and you're writing this poem. This is just sounds, you know, so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was literally that. It was like I started the dikir. I woke up, I was getting ready for work and it, it was just, it was, yeah, I, I, I can't say much more than that other than I had to get it out. Mm, I had to that. get it out. Yeah. I couldn't keep it inside my body because mm. I was, it was literally like, I understand why they say that we're insane. And mm. now, you know, because before a lot of people and we're kind of over the days where as Sufis, we need to try and def- like, yeah. you know, prove ourselves to anyone. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, evil yeah, yeah, with yeah, us, yeah, you're yeah. evil people of dhikr or you're yeah. not. Yeah, no. Sheikh Ibrahim mm. said there's two types of people, those mm. who love the awliya, mm. those who hate the awliya. Yeah. We are the ones who love the awliya. Yes. You can be whatever you want to yes, be. Alhamdulillah. So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we are what we are. So, mm. but, I, but what I mean is that there's always this reputation of Sufis are a bit crazy. Mm. Sufis are a bit like, yeah. when I started to do the dhikr and I started to do tarbiyah, I was like, I understand mm-hmm. and so that's what the poem was about yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. in love yeah, 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 I just yeah. feel like I'm about to go insane mm-hmm. in love for Allah Ta'ala like I just mm-hmm. and you have this kind of yearning for nothing but God mm-hmm. nothing at all you don't want anything you don't mm-hmm. even do I even want food you don't want sleep all mm-hmm. you want to, all you want is to know the reason why you exist mm-hmm. which is to know Allah Ta'ala so that kind of so the dhikr this is what I say like what I was saying earlier that like you if you're making an abundance of dhikr, you're abundantly saying names of God Ta'ala, like repeatedly over and over again, of course your heart is going to start to awaken because dhikr is food for the heart. Mm. Dhikr is sustenance for the heart. And for many people, you weren't feeding your heart before. Your heart was malnourished. Your heart is in Ramadan, basically. Your heart's fasting for most of your life. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly you've given it food. So of course the heart is like, like it's got something to say. It's mm. been having, it's been had something to say for a long time, but we've not paid attention. Um, that coupled with the light of Salawat al Nabi, because to me Salawat al Nabi, the way I describe it, it's like if you've got a room in your house, like an attic or a cellar that's just dark, mm. cobwebs, boxes. It's just a dusty room, and then you switch the light on. Suddenly. You, you can see the, the, the condition of your heart and the more mm. you're sending salawat on the Prophet the more light you're shedding into the heart the more you're cleaning your heart with the light of the Prophet it does inspire you it does inspire the pen um, so that's kind of to in quite answer to your question how does the tarifa impact my poetry this is it this is it mashallah this is it you know yeah
Um, uh, thank you so much. It's really interesting. <laughs> it's really interesting. You know, um, so like, so what's your process of writing poetry? Because the interesting thing, you've mentioned something quite interesting is that uh, a few of the poems that you've spoken about, right, um, what I found really interesting, those ones have just come out. Mm. It's like, um, you know, so like, it's just like, I just need to get this out. I'm not even need to do enough. I just go get my pen and it's all coming out. It's done. Yeah. So you know, and then and then there's other times. Maybe it's different. Yeah. You know, so you, your your experiences. What's your experiences? And yeah, yeah. your process. Yeah. So sometimes, so for example, I use a poem that I wrote that's dedicated to you and your household. Oh, right? that. company of lovers, and so this poem was written one night after you know we would because for those who are listening, uh, the house of Sidi Rakim was the place where we started where our journey began, right? We joined the Taliqa yes, in yes, your house. Yes, yes, yes. Alhamdulillah. We started doing the dhikr in your house when it was just mm. two families and then yes. it started to grow and grow, mm. mashallah, tabarakallah. So that was, um, so one night I left here, it was like two o'clock in the morning, um, me and my husband left and it was like, we got, I think maybe we got, you dropped us home or we got a taxi home. And I was like, the pubs are closed, the clubs are closed, and we're out here, like, Allah. making dhikr of Allah, like, we're having a, a party, you know, quote-unquote, like, we're just enjoying ourselves in remembrance of Allah. All we're doing is saying, la ilaha illallah, different melodies, different styles, it was just dhikr, and we're just, like, swaying on the floor, like, we probably had our food, we had some tea, <laughs> some cakes, and we just, you know... And so when I left, I think I just wrote on Facebook, like just a few lines. I yeah. think I was just kind of almost like have had to articulate this moment. Like mm. the, the, I was, the, the, the frost was already on the, on the grass. You know yes, when it's yes, like yeah, yeah, the yeah, dawn yeah. when it's getting morning? Yes, yes, There's yes. frost on the ground. Yeah. The, the world is quiet and then mm. we're out here just, you know, Enjoying. merry, you know. And so I kind of wrote a few lines on um, Facebook or whatever. And then I kind of went back and I guess I kind of just developed it deeper into a poem you know what I mean so maybe sometimes it might start off like that like I just need to get the, the first stuff out mm. and then I look back like oh mashallah actually I can really work with this you know mm. um so sometimes it's like that it's like a moment that I'm trying to capture I'm not even thinking this is going to be a poem that I'm going to share with people mm. but then it develops you know um that also happened when I spoke to my Sheikh Sheikh Mahi when mm. he was on Umrah yes he was in Medina I'd never back then it wasn't like people were calling you from Medina al Manawara. Yes. If mm. you're lucky, you get a text before they go. Mm. Like, oh, sorry mm. if I hurt you. Mm. I'm going to make Umrah. Forgive mm. me. Mm. But they don't really call you when they're there. Yeah. So I'd never spoken to anybody in Medina mm. al Manawara, mm. and I could hear in his voice mm. the love of the Prophet mm. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Like you could hear that he was close to his beloved. You know. Mm. And again, Ramadan. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't mm. sleep. I couldn't, yeah. I just couldn't sleep after that conversation. And so I started again just to write a few lines. MashaAllah. I just was articulating it. And then again, I look back at it. Okay, I can really like create a poem out of this. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's like that. Sometimes um, I'm thinking like Saints in the City. I was really, again, working at Rumi's Cave, working for Sheikh Babikir, working with Sheikh Babikir. It was a time of Maulid, it's cold mm. outside. And like everyone's just trying to go to gatherings of light mm. to be with the, to, to remember the prophet mm -hmm. they're going to Fukuoka with masjid to be the mother they go in this place so mm. wherever mm. there was events and i was thinking these are friends of god in the city you mm. know what i mean in the city yeah, like yeah, london yeah, yeah, yeah. everything in our reality does not point us to god mm. you know what i mean like when you live in cities like medina by 
the highest building is the masjid. Mm. Nothing's higher than the mosque. Mm. You know, you go to certain mm. cultures, you hear the certain countries, you hear the adhan, like you're called to God. Yeah. But in London, what nothing calls us to Allah. Mm. Yet still, we're running around making dhikr on the tube, mm. you know, seeing Aulia and Tesco, you know, yeah, saying yeah, right? Yeah. Mm. And so sometimes it's that, it's like, like you're trying to capture this moment. Mm. Like, how do I articulate this, this moment? And I think... Especially in my, inshallah, my poetry collection that should that will be released, mm. inshallah, like very very soon. Mm. A lot of the poems are these moments, mm. the beginning of the journey when you just become, a, a, you just join a tariqah, you just start doing the dhikr, your heart's opening and you're having all these experiences, and yeah, that was a lot of it is kind of trying to capture those mm. those moments. Mashallah, yeah, and it's funny, yes, alhamdulillah. I was just about to go on to that, so uh, mashallah, we're excited to hear. <laughs> That your 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 poetry book is coming. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. It's, it's actually finished it's now. Finished. Alhamdulillah. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. And so now, um, so when can we expect this then? So um, the first run. Mm. I'm not sure when the podcast is coming out, but the first run will be in June. Mm. Um, so I'm going to be going on tour with Penny Appeal. So oh, mashallah. Have the book You'll have it for then that, for that. Yeah. Oh, alhamdulillah. That's so, like um. Like two in weeks. two weeks time. Yeah. Okay, so that's mashallah. the first run. It's gonna be limited. It's gonna be a limited number. Mm. But inshallah, be either the end of July or the beginning of August, I I will do a proper launch. Inshallah. inshallah. I want. I would love to do a launch mm. connected with in collaboration with Rumi's Cave, just oh, because yes, a lot of the poems were written when mm. I was a manager there. A lot of the times, it was that whole that beginning. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um. So yeah, it's called Love and Longing, um, Yearning for the Face of God. Mm. Yeah, Yearning for the Face of God. And even that, like, uh, that quote, why, why I decided to have that as a sub um, a subtitle, is connected to this idea that, like, when Allah speaks in the Qur'an, that, like, to the East and the West, mm. everywhere is the face of God. Mm. You know what I mean? And we understand, well, you know, some people could say, well, what, what do you mean? It's not, well, it's not my words. Allah says it about himself. Yeah. Like he says everywhere. Even in Surah Al-Rahman, everything will perish except yes. in the face of your Lord, That's right? right. Yes. So we understand that, like, Allah himself makes mention of his face. Um, some scholars will say that this refers to the essence, that mm. when Allah says face, the face is referring to the essence of God, right? Um, because when we look at it from a perspective of a human being, everything you need to know about a human being, you can know by way of their face. Mm. If I look at your face, I can yeah. know possibly your age. I can yeah. possibly know uh, your ethnicity. Mm. I can mm. maybe even know like your character. Mm. Sometimes you mm. can look mm. at someone and know they've got an honest face, they've got mm. a trustworthy face, but a lot is contained in the face. Mm. Um, so even in the Quran, Allah even talks about us submitting our face to God mm. you know so it talks about the human beings submitting yes. their face to God as well so again it's this idea of like you submit your existence you submit your essence to God you know um, but the reason why I called my books yearning for the face of God is because I think at those beginning stages that's what it is you're looking for the essence of God everywhere mm. you're trying to find Allah in all in all manifestations it's not just like I want to be close to God after I die in Jannah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes I say the Sufi's greedy in a sense. <laughs> the Sufi's greedy for God. The Sufi wants Allah now. We don't want to wait until the Akhirah. We don't want to wait until Yom Al Qiyamah to yes. see Allah. Like we yes. want to be close to Allah now. Now. You know? Mm. Because Allah's close to us, that's a thing. It's not like we want to be close to Him and He doesn't want to be close to us. Like Allah's already told us He's close. 
Allah's already told us he's closer to us than the, ju the jugular vein. He's already said he's close to us. So how do we... He's close to us, but we're not close to him. Mm. Like Sheikh Ibrahim Yassi says, the hadra, the presence of Allah, his oh servant of God, the presence of God is close. Yeah. The, the presence of God is, is close. You know, um, if you don't feel it, then you're the one that's absent. Mm. But the presence of God is present. So what that means is that we need to do the work to access that nearness to Allah because he's already near. Yes. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what why I called it that. And I think, you know, it really is the pursuit of someone seeking Allah in the city. Mm. You know, it's that kind of... I feel like it's our story in a way. Yeah. Like people who are like in the city that are trying to bust the dick here on the mm. night bus or trying mm. to, you know, do the... You would see yourself in it. Mm, alhamdulillah, you know? alhamdulillah, mashallah. That's really exciting. I look forward to reading that. Uh, how many poems is in there? About forty. Mashallah. Yeah, mashallah. but it's also yeah, some yeah, reflections yeah. as well. So it's kind of like poems and some reflections and just different. Like yeah, it's 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 majority like probably eighty five percent poetry. But then right. there's just some kind of poetic thoughts or yeah, yeah. reflections I may have had that I kind of wanted to collect. Collect in, in yeah. there as well. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. So um, this has uh, been great. It's been thank you so much for your time. Oh. I think the last question that I'd like to ask you is that okay so for what about for someone a, a budding poet mm. someone who you know just really feels that you know they've got a poet inside them so um, how would you advise this person yeah someone asked me this question yesterday and I find it quite hard I, I find it quite hard to answer just because I'm the way that I teach is by way of a process if that mm. makes sense it's hard to be like you gotta do this but I guess um hmm. My, my kind of first point of advice is always to do with sincerity mm. like being sincere in your pursuit of being a poet right being sincere in what you're saying what you know sometimes as poets as artists sometimes we say things that we think people want to say people want to hear sorry mm -hmm. oh yeah if I say this these people are going to like what I say mm -hmm. yeah this crowd is going to mm -hmm. and it's really important to be as sincere and as truthful to yourself as possible mm -hmm. it's really important it's really important because I've done workshops with refugees who have very little command of the language that maybe they're in, maybe now they're in Europe or in the UK, right? But they write a poem. I, write, I, learn specific, I have a specific experience in mind where this woman wrote a very tiny poem just to do with, like, missing being around the dinner table with her mother and her son because she's a refugee, I don't know where her child is, you know. And I was in tears because it was so sincere where others I know published poets that have got many books out doesn't speak to my heart mm. they might have the right they might be eloquent they've got the right language everything mm -hmm. is in the right place mm -hmm. but it doesn't speak to me personally mm -hmm. doesn't even go past yeah. my ears you know yeah, what I yeah, mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and so again I don't want to be the judge of their state but I no. know that sincerity mm. speaks louder than even the art form that you're using mm. you know what I mean you mm. can reach people I never forget people say you speak from the heart you speak to to the heart if yeah. I speak from the heart I'll speak to the heart yeah so I always encourage this certain kind of sincerity trying to be authentic to yourself I interrogate my poems like mm. I might say a line and I'm like what do I why did I say that line? What does mm. that even mean? Mm. Was I just saying it because stylistically mm. it works mm -hmm. or it flows nicely? Like, nah, mm. I'd rather have no flow mm. and it be truthful mm. than have a flow and it's not mm. truthful. Mm. I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm quite yeah. serious about that. So mm. even when I teach, 
I don't I don't disencourage it, but I don't mm. make a point of rhyming, for example. Mm. I don't make that the yeah. kind of most important most thing. Important. Mm. Because mm. sometimes mm. you can also get trapped in your rhyme scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if, I, if I'm rhyming, yeah, yeah, yeah. barking, yeah. everything has to have mm. an ing on the mm. end. Well, mm. what if the word I'm trying to say isn't mm. within that? Mm. I'd rather you just get it out yeah, first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Afterwards, mm. you can go back and be like, okay, well, I can, this line works. Okay, how mm. can I add a bit of flow to this? But mm. the primary thing is the truth mm. once you've got the truth on the table you can do what you want with it mm. you can make it into a song you can make it into a rap you can but just get the truth out first yeah. you know mm. what i mean so those things are quite important um you know if you're interested in being a performance poet like listen to other performance poets you know every artist at the beginning of their journey imitates mm. a little bit you know mm. you're all if you're if you come into hip-hop and you're inspired by kendrick lamar mm. it's a possibility you're gonna have a bit yeah, of kendrick yeah, yeah, lamar yeah. in you yeah, yeah, yeah until you find your voice mm. you know what i mean so i would say not to worry too much about that like mm. you will you might be inspired by people but keep going until you find your voice and when you find your voice no one will sound like you and when you find your voice that's when you start to find your space. Mm. And when you find your space, you, you realise you're not in competition with anybody because mm. there's no one like you. That's right. You don't, there's no one that sounds like you mm. there's, because you're not, in, you're not trying to be any version of anybody. Mm. So really, like, it is a journey, you know what I mean? And you will have fails, you will perform and no one feels you and you've got to go mm. back to the pad. Okay, what am I trying to say? And mm. But as long as you're sincere, as long as you're also, like, like I'm really serious about the art form of poetry like mm. I respect the art form so even there's been times when I did this event and they were asking us to perform like the poets to perform in this kind of marketplace thing yeah. so it was kind of like this event and there was like a kind of cultural marketplace and they wanted poets just to stand up and read the poetry yeah. like read their poem mm. and I said to the man I'm not doing that mm. because I said I respect my words too much mm. for them just to be it's not a marketplace I'm not shouting mm. down in the market trying to yeah, fight yeah, for yeah, people yeah. to like if they want to sit and hear what I have to yeah. say bismillah marhaban yeah. like you're welcome but yeah. me stand up and be shouting shouting for people yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, not yeah. because I respect the tradition yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean I respect yeah. the words I respect the inspiration and another mm. poet was exactly the same mm. as me he was like I can't do that because yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. does really so yeah. I respect it even if you know I performed at this event in Bristol recently and there was someone who I didn't really you know his way of life was completely different than my way of life his yeah. sort of stuff he was talking about completely different than what I would ever talk about Yeah. but I really felt like he dishonoured the art form mm. not with the content mm. but with how he was doing it Yeah. yeah I couldn't yeah. and I just thought to myself like it's not about how you... You can talk about whatever you want mm. in your poetry, but there needs to be a certain, like, respect for poetry. Mm. <laughs> like, poetry's a special thing, do you know what yeah. I mean? And so, yeah. if you are a poet, like, also respect, like, Allah, if Allah has given you this gift, mm. like, respect the gift, honour the gift, mm. you know what I mean? And um, just be sincere. Mm. Just be sincere. Mm. <laughs> Whoa, alhamdulillah, mashallah. What a lovely interview. Very, um, uh, you know, really um, inspiring, uh, interesting. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to take a lot from this as well. Inshallah. You know, alhamdulillah, that was a journey. <laughs> Went through a, a, a great journey there. Um, so, okay, so just if people want to get in touch with you, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, the main place is, is Instagram. So uh, Sakina underscore Noor. That's the best place to, to hear my work, to read, to connect. If any, if I'm doing anything, I tend to share it there. Okay, alhamdulillah. Does that like, uh, <laughs> that was great? Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah.
So you, you heard it there, alhamdulillah, mashallah. So keep no. So make sure that you go out and uh, keep being on our Instagram page. And when the book's out, make sure you grab a copy, inshallah. And also, she does lots of like teaching as well. So keep looking on her page so you'll find out. Until the next time, assalamu alaikum.